0: to be with you today. It's good to see each and every one of you. I want to start by saying that uh, uh, the rain is falling again today. Uh, And Tom just mentioned this, but what a wonderful gift for us to have here in the month of June. Uh, The rain is still falling. Uh, What a sweet, tremendous gift from God. Uh, And normally during this time, uh, we are already in the throes of the summer heat, and uh, we are already like battling against going outside and being outdoors. Uh, But not so this year. And so uh, to take advantage of that, uh, John Mark, with his mangoes class, uh, they decided that they wanted to uh, experience worship in a different way today. And so they are actually next door because of the rain. They were planning to be in Titsi Park. uh, But they are next door in the gym because of the rain. And they are exercising today uh, by using their bodies uh, through physical exercise. And so they're worshiping through exercise today. And so we're so glad that they are doing that. And uh, we wish that they were here with us, but we're glad that they are here nonetheless uh, getting to do that. If you get a chance to see them after church, uh, they may even sneak in at the end uh, of, of our worship service here. And uh, so if you start to smell some kind of sweaty people... Uh, it's because they've slipped into the back uh, to join us for the end of our worship service, but we're glad that they're here For for many of us the summer months mean something different for many of us the summer months mean vacation uh, We have a few school teachers and people who are a part of school administration And so for those of you who are uh, a part of that community We're so glad that you have made it to summer and we hope that this is a restful time But uh, summer doesn't mean vacation for everybody for a lot of us, uh, summer is the opposite of vacation, and uh, if you need somebody to ask about that, just ask Ann Prude, uh, and she'll tell you that summer Anne is summer a vacation for you? <laughs> well, that wasn't the answer I was expecting. <laughs> sort of. Okay, well, there's still some work to be done, though, right? I mean, we're getting ready for VBS and all the children's camps that are going on, uh, but for some people, uh, summer is not a vacation, Uh, But what I'm so grateful for today, uh, and I want to point your attention to it, because if you've been here as a part of this church, uh, you may or may not remember this, but uh, summer for us typically means that we struggle with our air conditioning, Uh, but not so this year. The past two years, we have, during this time of the year, moved to the gymnasium uh, and worshiped in the gym uh, because our air conditioning has uh, been—first, it was struggling, we repaired it, and then we decided, well, we just got to replace the whole thing. And so last summer, we replaced the air conditioning, and doesn't it feel great today? I mean, it feels great outside anyways, but it feels great in here too. So I'm thankful for uh, the air conditioning that we have in this room. Oh, it's too cold. The air conditioner is working too well. Okay. My elders in the room, Uh, if you guys want to go sabotage the air conditioning that we just, they're, they're probably not in favor of that. Uh, But uh, it uh, does—summer is such a wonderful time, and I'm glad that we're all here participating in it. I want to let you know uh, a little bit of our plan over the summer. And uh, John Mark and I have been working to uh, put together a a new sermon series that we are going to be preaching through during the months of June and July and a little bit uh, during the month of August. And we hope that you'll be able to join us for each and every one of these weeks. But we're going to be preaching through the parables. Uh, Not all of the parables, uh, but many of the parables. And we're going to focus on the parables found in Matthew's Gospel. Now, Matthew's Gospel contains a lot of parables, but he doesn't have all of the parables. Uh, Luke has a couple of really great parables, and unfortunately, we're not going to cover them during this particular series. But I do want to draw your attention to them because they're such fantastic parables. Uh, Probably one of the most well-known parables is the story of the prodigal son, which is really the story of the prodigal sons. But even more than the prodigal sons, it's really a story about the father. And uh, Luke's gospel contains this parable, and so if you want to find that parable, you can turn to Luke chapter 15 and read that parable. Uh, but we're not going to cover that in this series, unfortunately. It's a great parable. It's a great story. Luke also has another parable. Uh, well, it's not really a parable. It's more of just a story. Uh, but the story of the Good Samaritan, one of the best-known stories in all of Scripture. And that's also found in Luke's gospel. So unfortunately, we're not going to cover it during this particular series. But Matthew has a lot of parables, a lot of stories. In fact, if you were to compare the number of Parables in Matthew's gospel to the number of parables in John's gospel. Uh, What you would find is that the parables in Matthew's gospel are a lot like the Dallas Cowboys in the 1990s. The parables in John's gospel are a lot like the Dallas Cowboys ever since. There's none, there's no parables in John's gospel. Uh, But Matthew has a lot of parables, and so we're going to spend some time during this summer reading these parables, learning from these parables, and trying to understand what these parables are telling us about who Jesus is. And I think that that is really at the core of what I want to preach today, is these parables tell us something about Jesus. This is going to be really important for for today, but I think also for every parable that we cover uh, moving forward, that the parables tell us something really important about who Jesus is. In fact, uh, these parables, uh, I want to mention a couple of things as we get started, just to kind of introduce you to parables, uh, because parables are an interesting way of talking, an interesting way of illustrating something. They're an interesting uh, form of literature, an interesting form of, of oratory, and Jesus uses these parables to tremendous effect. But he uses them in different places for different reasons. So I'm curious to know uh, before we even get started and read one single parable together, uh, when I say the word parable, what do you think of? What, what do you think the parables mean? What do you think they're about? What do you think they are? Uh, does anybody uh, have a thought about what the parables are? Do what? Oh, they're puzzles. I like that. Uh, They're puzzles. Uh, So uh, maybe there's a box somewhere hidden uh, that has the image of what these parables look like, uh, but when you're just looking at the certain particular parable, it's kind of hard. One piece uh, of the puzzle, you don't see the whole picture yet. Does that sound right? Okay, so they're kind of like puzzles. They're kind of interesting like that. What else? Allegories. What do you mean by allegories? Okay, so everything in the story corresponds to something in real life. Is that, is that fair? So the, every component of the story matters. There's no irrelevant detail within the story. Okay, good. What else? One more. Mm, I like that. So Bill said that parables compare earthly things, earthly meanings, to spiritual realities. Is that, is that right, Bill? Uh, so parables, they illustrate something. They tell us about something else. They aren't the thing itself, but they help point us in the right direction. They help get us on the right path. In fact, uh, a couple of things to note about the parables. Uh, whenever Jesus uses a parable, uh, he is imp- uh, he's intentionally using imprecise language about what the kingdom of God is like. I'm going to say that again because it's confusing. Jesus is intentionally using imprecise language to tell us what the kingdom of God is like. Does that make sense? What he's doing is he's using an image. He's using a story. He's using characters to help tell us something about what God wants us to know about the kingdom of heaven, and especially in Matthew's gospel. uh, The kingdom of heaven is hugely important for understanding these parables, because just about every single one of these parables tells us what God desires kingdom, the kingdom of heaven to look like on earth as it truly is in heaven. That's what, how he helped his disciples to pray earlier in the gospel, in Matthew chapter 6. He said, pray that earth, that uh, God's will on earth would be as it is in heaven. And so these parables help illustrate something about the kingdom of heaven. They help tell us something about what God desires in this world. So Jesus is going to use story. He's going to use characters. He's going to use these different uh, images to help us understand something. But what we need to understand is that these aren't the kingdom of heaven itself. Jesus says it's like this, but it's not that exactly. He uses it as an illustration, as a way to help us understand something about what the kingdom of heaven looks like. Uh, Another thing that I want us to think about when we talk about the parables is that Jesus actually tells us expressly, and we're going to read this passage here in just a moment, but Jesus tells us expressly about the parables that not everybody will understand them. Which seems like a really confusing thing for a teacher to do. If a teacher were to stand up in front of you in a class and say, the lesson today, only a few of you are going to understand. Probably most of you would be pretty frustrated by that. You would not think that that was a particularly good teacher. But what Jesus does is he does this intentionally and on purpose because the meaning of these parables is so important. And it's so groundbreaking that it might cause the ground beneath people's feet to shift and change. And so Jesus tells these parables knowing that not everybody will fully understand the meaning of them because he doesn't want to change and wreck people's lives, but he wants people to slowly begin to understand, begin to think about, continue to ruminate on what that meaning of the parable might be. And so he uses these parables knowing that not everybody is going to immediately understand them, knowing that the meaning is often going to be hidden. It's going to be like a puzzle piece. he does it intentionally. And so I want us to read this passage because it's kind of interesting. In fact, uh, the way that we're going to read it today is that Jesus uh, interrupts the parable that we're going to read here in just a few more minutes. He interrupts uh, the parable to tell his disciples that not everybody can understand what these parables are about. So if you've got a Bible and you want to turn over to Luke, uh, I'm sorry, to Matthew chapter 13, uh, we're going to be reading uh, in Matthew chapter 13 today. And uh, if you have a pew Bible, it's going to be on page 1,517 one five one seven, and we're going to start reading in chapter 13 verse 10 and again he interrupts the parable to tell his disciples this it says jesus disciples came and they said to him why do you use parables when you speak to the crowds jesus replied because they haven't received the secrets of the kingdom of heaven but you have for those who have will receive more and they will have more than enough but as for those who don't have even the little that they think Even the little they have will be taken away from them. This is why I speak to the crowds in parables. Although they see, they don't really see. And although they they hear, they don't really hear or understand. What Isaiah prophesied has become completely true for them. You will hear to be sure, but never understand. And you will certainly see, but never recognize what you are seeing. For this people's senses have become calloused, and they've become hard of hearing, and they've shut their eyes so that they won't see with their eyes or hear with their ears or understand with their minds and change their hearts and lives, that I may heal them. But happy are your eyes because they see. Happy are your ears because they hear. I assure you that many prophets and righteous people wanted to see what you see and hear what you hear, but they didn't. So Jesus quotes this uh, kind of bizarre passage from Isaiah chapter 6. And it's this passage where God comes to Isaiah and tells the prophet Isaiah that the message that he's about to give to the people of Israel, not everybody can handle. Not everybody will be able to hear it or see it or understand it. And God comes to Isaiah at the beginning of Isaiah's ministry and tells him this because Isaiah needs to know that for the length of his ministry, for the length of the time that he is prophesying, that the people that he prophesies to, for the most part, they're going to miss it. They're not going to hear what he has to say. And even still, God calls him to be faithful and to continue to preach the message that God has given him. And so when uh, Jesus comes on the scene, he taps into this history, this history that Isaiah had before him. And Jesus tells the disciples the parables that I'm teaching, not everyone will understand them. Not everybody can understand them. Some people will refuse, they'll shut their minds, they'll shut their eyes and ears to this message because they can't hear, they can't handle the message of these parables. Which sounds like Jesus is starting off with these parables, knowing that some people are going to reject the meaning. In fact, it reminds me of earlier in the Bible, in the story of the Exodus of the people of Israel as they're leaving Egypt, and they're coming out of Egypt, and they're, and they're moving towards the promised land into the wilderness. And, and God tells Pharaoh, God tells Moses that Pharaoh's heart will be hardened. It's almost like that same message is happening. When Jesus tells these parables, their hearts are hardened. And they can't listen to the message. They won't listen to it. Their eyes are shut. Their ears are closed. And they refuse to understand what it means. So Jesus tells them this parable, knowing full well that only some of them will understand it. Only some of them will hear it. And he tells them the parable anyway. Because the parable contains something that we need to know about the kingdom of heaven. About what God's doing in the world around us. And so let's read this parable, knowing full well that Jesus intends not everyone to understand the meaning of this parable, but that he tells it anyways, trusting that his disciples will listen, that they will have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Let's read these words together, but before we read them, let's pray that God would open our eyes and open our ears together. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and as we engage in this journey through the parables and as we prepare to read these stories, these stories that tell us something about you and about your kingdom. God, we pray that our eyes would be opened. We pray that our ears would be listening. We pray that our hearts would be open to the message that you have for us this morning. God, we pray that this parable will touch our hearts, it will touch a nerve, that we will be impacted, that we'll be changed, that we'll be, uh, we'll have no choice but to listen to what Jesus has to say to us today. God, we pray that this parable would speak to each and every one of us. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Matthew 13, verse 1. That day Jesus went out of the house and he sat down beside the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he climbed into a boat and sat down. The whole crowd was standing on the shore. He said many things to them in parables. A farmer went out to scatter seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell on the path, and birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where the soil was shallow. They sprouted immediately because the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it scorched the plants, and they dried up because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorny plants. The thorny plants grew and choked them. Other seed fell on good soil and bore fruit. In one case, a yield of 100 to 1. In another case, a yield of 60 to 1. And in another case, a yield of 30 to 1. Everyone who has ears should pay attention. So Jesus tells them this parable. And then the passage that we had read just a few minutes ago, he interrupts the parable. The disciples come to him and they they ask Jesus, what are these parables about? Why are you telling us parables? And Jesus reminds them, not everybody's going to be able to hear this message. This message will be too difficult for some people to hear and understand. And then the disciples ask Jesus, well, what does that parable mean? And so let's pick it up in verse 18 and see what Jesus has to say about this parable. Consider the parable of the farmer. Whenever people hear the word about the kingdom and don't understand it, the evil one comes and carries off what was planted in their hearts. This is the seed that was sown on the path. As for the seed that was spread on rocky ground, this refers to people who hear the word and immediately receive it joyfully. Because they have no roots, they last for only a little while. When they experience distress or abuse because of the word, they immediately fall away. As for the seed that was spread among thorny plants, this refers to those who hear the word, but the worries of this life and the false appeal of wealth choke the word. And it bears no fruit. As for what was planted on good soil, this refers to those who hear and understand and bear fruit and produce. In one case, a yield of 100 to 1. In another case, a yield of 60 to 1. And in another case, a yield of 30 to 1. So Jesus explains what each one of these four types of soil, the seed that falls on these four types of soil, might mean. And and what he does is he, he gives them an understanding he gives them an interpretation. He gives them the meaning of the parable. But even still, even though Jesus gives us this meaning, even though he tells us exactly what he's talking about, the parable can still be used in, in, in many different ways. It can be used, uh, we can interpret it to mean this or that or another thing. What we usually do with this parable is we interpret this parable to mean that we are the soil, that God is scattering seed, and that we are the soil, and we become one of the four types of soil. Now, I'm not saying that this is a wrong way to interpret the parable. Uh, I'm not saying that we should not do this. In fact, I think that's what we should do. And in fact, we do it uh, whenever we read this story together. But I do think that the people who originally heard this parable, they might think of what Jesus says a little bit differently than we do. Because we hear these words and we think we're the four different types of soil. Which type of soil are we? But I think when Jesus told this parable, because remember, he says that the meaning will be difficult people won't be able to hear it. They'll reject the meaning in favor of something different. I think the people who originally heard this parable, they knew exactly which type of soil they were. And they knew who else was the other kinds of soil. So I think when Jesus tells this parable, remember, he tells this parable to the crowds. They've gathered to him. They've come to him. He, he gets into a boat. He pushes off, off from the shore, and he begins to teach. And when he teaches, he's, t- he's talking to this whole crowd of people. But the disciples come to him, it seems that the disciples are in the boat with him, and and the disciples come to him and they interrupt his parable and they ask him, why do you tell parables and what's this parable about? And so Jesus first tells the parable to the crowds, and then it seems like perhaps Jesus has a side conversation in the boat with just the, the disciples. He wants them just to hear the words in verses 10 through 17, and perhaps he continues on in verse 18 and is only telling the disciples the meaning of the parable. The crowds are left thinking that they know exactly which kind of soil they are and thinking about who are the other three types. See, I think when the people on the crowds, when the people on the shore heard this parable, I think that they likely thought that they were the good soil. They weren't asking themselves, am I good soil? They knew they were the good soil. They're God's chosen nation. They're God's people. They are Israel. And even though Israel doesn't exist as a nation, it still exists as a people. We are God's chosen people. We are the good soil, the good soil that the law comes through, the fruit that the law brings. We're the good soil. And it's likely that the people who heard this story immediately thought of other groups of people as the other types of soil. They would probably have thought that the, uh, the soil that fell on the path would have been other nations, would have been other people, people who had rejected God, people who wouldn't even listen and think about their God, nations perhaps like Egypt in their past, Nations perhaps like the conquering peoples of uh, Assyria and Babylon. And perhaps when they thought about the, the uh, seed that fell into other uh, soil, soil that didn't, uh, didn't run deep, it was rocky. Uh, there was too much debris in the soil. Perhaps they thought of other nations, nations that were kin to them. Nations like Edom and Moab. Nations that they like God, but they end up rejecting him in the end. And perhaps the nations that correspond to the thorny soil. Perhaps these are the nations uh, of the Gentiles, the Gentiles who have all these other gods that they worship, these other gods that they answer to. And yes, sure, God might be one of them, but they have so many others, so many other thorns in the garden. It's likely that the people who heard this parable, when they heard it, they thought they knew immediately who they were. They are the good soil. All these other nations, all these other people who worship other gods, they're the thorny soil and the rocky soil and the soil that is just a path. But the people of God, the people of Israel, we are the good soil. But Jesus comes to them in verses 18 through 23, and he begins to reimagine this parable. What could this parable really mean? Because that's likely what most people will think when they hear this parable, but what's Jesus really trying to get at? And Jesus tells them that it's not. Israel, who is the good soil. It's those who are willing to hear the word of God. Those who are willing to listen to it. Those who understand it. And those who obey it. And of course, Jesus isn't cutting Israel out in this moment. He's simply changing the focus. It's not about your pedigree. It's about whether or not you are faithful to God. Do you listen? Do you understand? And do you obey? See, I think that these parables also inform us something critical about who Jesus is. Because remember, in the middle of this uh, parable, he interrupts it, and he quotes this passage from Isaiah chapter 6. And in the book of Isaiah, Jesus uh, quotes Isaiah because Isaiah is constantly trying to get the people of God to understand what God is doing, that God is doing a new thing. That God is recreating the world. That God is changing what is sinful and broken back into something that is pure and whole. So Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah intentionally, choosing to draw this comparison. That what God is doing in the world through Jesus is exactly what Isaiah had prophesied about. That when God is recreating the world and bringing things back to, to the way they were in creation, that Jesus is God's work in the world. It's through Jesus that the recreation, the renewal of all things happens. See, we learn about Jesus through this very first parable, that it is Jesus, through Jesus, that God's kingdom will fully and finally come. It's only through Jesus that God's kingdom will fully and finally come. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's intentions with all of creation. It's through Jesus that God is going to restore the world. But what's interesting about this parable is that Jesus invites the listener into that story. Because the way that we most often read this parable, the way that we most often interpret it, is to understand that we need to ask the question, what kind of soil are we going to be? This is what Jesus wants his disciples to ask, although the crowds are left thinking they already know which kind of soil they are. But Jesus asks his disciples, those who are serious about following him, what kind of soil are you? He invites them into the story. He asks them to participate. And, of course, the answer that he wants them to respond with is that they want to be the good soil, the soil that produces fruit, the soil that runs deep, the soil that is pure. It's not rocky or thorny, but it's good soil. Jesus invites his followers into it, and he tells them to hear, to understand, and to obey. The title of the sermon today is Hear, Be Clear, and Bear Fruit, which is only a sight rhyme, and if you turn it into an actual rhyme, it becomes a little bit unfortunate, but uh, some of you will get that in a minute. But what Jesus does is he asks us to hear, to be clear, and to bear fruit. Jesus wants us to join the story of God's renewal of all creation, that what God is doing through Jesus That we can participate in it, that we can bear fruit with our lives, that we can be a part of the renewal of this world, of taking things that are broken and giving them back to God, where they'll be restored and brought together and healed. See, these parables teach us something about God, but they also ask us to participate in the story. They ask us to place ourselves in the story, just as Rebecca said, that there's no detail of the story that is irrelevant. And we have to ask the question in our lives, are we paying attention to these details? Are we listening to what God has to say to us? Are we listening to Jesus? Are we understanding the teachings of Scripture? And are we obeying obeying them? Are we acting like Jesus did? For this is how the kingdom of heaven will come on earth fully, when the people of God take up the task of listening to Jesus, obeying Jesus, that's when the kingdom of heaven begins to show up in this world. It's only through Jesus that the kingdom of God will fully and finally come, but it's no secret that the kingdom of God is still not fully here yet because Jesus chose to invite us into the story. He's asking us to participate in the renewal of the world and and taking things that are broken and giving them back to God. It takes time to become good soil. It takes time for us to listen. It takes time for us to understand. And we need to act. We need to be the soil that's good. Church, the charge for the week is to hear, to be clear, and to bear fruit. This is what Jesus invites us into. And Jesus calls all of us who choose to follow him into this kind of life. So the questions that we have from this parable, what kind of soil will you be? And what kind of fruit will you bear? Last week, John Mark gave us three opportunities of ways to respond to the message during the week, and I want to continue that this week. And so I've I've thought of three things. These are by no means the only three things that you can do, but I'll put them before you as suggestions, as ways that you can respond to the parables of Jesus. The first, uh, we've begun a new care ministry here. Uh, We've continued the work that so many of us have been doing, but we're trying to really organize it and really become intentional about being caring for each person in this body. And so the first is to join in with that. Perhaps it's something as easy as offering to bring a meal to someone who's a caregiver. Uh, Don't take no for an answer. Offer to bring them a meal and follow through. I think that'd be a beautiful expression of bearing fruit. In our world, somebody who gives their life to take care of somebody else. And you can make it easy on them for just one meal by offering to bring dinner to them. Another way, uh, Ruth Ann will love this, you can sign up to help with VBS. Ruth Ann, do we need people to help with VBS? Yes, we do. You can sign up to help with VBS. Shalene would love this even more. If you want to go further than just helping out one time during the year, you could sign up to help every Sunday teaching classes. Shalene would love that. She would love to have that. We need people to help teach our kids so that we can continue to be faithful generation after generation. And then third, perhaps you can volunteer for one of our local missions. Uh, we continue to uh, love our Friend Speak ministry. It's continuing to go beautifully, continuing to go so well, but we have people who call every week asking if they can participate in this ministry. And we would love for those of you who haven't already begun to read with one of our Friends Speak readers to be involved and participate. Uh, another local mission that you might consider uh, participating with is Royal Family Kids Camp. Uh, I'm so excited. Next Sunday, uh, my wife and I and some others from Skillman will be leaving uh, from church to go to camp, to spend a camp uh, week with campers uh, who normally don't get that experience, who normally don't get to go to camp. And so we're looking forward to that. And an easy way for you to be involved is to sign up to be a prayer partner. Uh, you'll get a name uh, of somebody who's at camp, and you just simply get to pray for them during that week. We'd love for you to participate in that local mission in that way. There are so many other ways than just these three. These are just three suggestions. But the call of this parable that Jesus gives to each and every one of us is to hear, to understand, and to act. May we be good soil, church. May we bear fruit. May we help the kingdom of heaven come on earth as Jesus desires. This morning, we're going to continue in our worship here in just a moment, and as we do, our elders will gather on the sides of the room with their wives, and if you would like to spend a moment in prayer with them, we encourage you to do that. I'll be down front, and I would love to receive you to talk about baptism. Would you please respond while we stand and sing?